0: Okay, we're in week two of a series here called Deeper, uh, where we're going to follow the life of Peter. Pastor Tapper started us with it. Pastor Mike started us last week. And uh, following the life of Peter, we're watching Peter follow Jesus, watching him go deeper so that we can apply these things to our lives and uh, we can become more like Jesus every day, which is the goal. That's the ideal for believers, to become more like Christ every day. I used to hear people talking about this church I used to hear people say, oh, Moncton Wesleyan, they're a mile wide and they're an inch deep. And I would poke those people in the eyes. And then I stopped hearing it so much. And that's just some uneducated, you know, slur against the, the, the big church when people don't really know what's going on. And, and it's what they, they assume is, well, if, if, you're, if you're big, you must be watering it down. And you can't really be preaching the gospel if you're big and blah, blah, blah. And, and you who are here, you know that the opposite is true. Nothing grows better than boldly proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ, right? Right? <clears throat> So I tell people, hey, we are others wide and Jesus deep. We are others wide and we're Jesus deep. That's, that's who we are. So in following the life of Peter, we can clearly see that deep is not a level of, of information. Deep is a level of transformation. There are lots of people who, who, who know a ton. Like their head is just busting with stuff about, about Jesus. But that doesn't necessarily make a person... Deep, it's not about how much you know. It's about what you do with what you know. Most of us are educated way beyond our obedience. So deep is not a level of information. Deep is a level of transformation. The Pharisees, for instance, in the New Testament, they had the information. They were all information and no transformation. They were shallow. The disciples, they they were getting lots of new information Lots of new teaching from Jesus, but Jesus was also showing them that if you don't love others, you know, if if you don't serve, if you don't take up your cross, if you don't forsake everything, for me, it's all useless. All the information is useless. And I'm not opposed to information. I'm not opposed to education. I have degrees. I teach spiritual formation for students taking their Masters of Divinity at Wesley Seminary. I think learning is good. But the goal of learning is not just information. The goal of learning is transformation. Uh, Autumn, our youngest daughter and I, got a, got a good lesson on Deeper last Monday. Our family was over to Grandma and Ann uh, for a couple of days. And uh, one of our favorite things to do when we're on Grandma and Ann is combing the beach for beach glass. And uh, we, this is something so relaxing. Uh, I don't know what it is, but we just love beach combing for... For beach glass, now on one of the main beaches there on Graham and Ann, uh, it's, it's, it's a large beach and it's split. About two-thirds of the way, it's split by a creek, right, that runs downhill and, and runs to the ocean. Can you, if you can picture that, the beach is split by, by a creek. And at low tide, you can cross the creek and you can do both sides of the beach at low tide. Do you know where this is going? So Autumn and I have our noses down, and we're picking, and we cross the little creek, and we go over to the other side, and we're picking on the beach over there, and uh, we have our backs turned to the creek, and it's rising on us, and Hope, our oldest and smartest child, is (laughs) (laughs) is on the other side. She does not cross the creek. In fact, she's probably laughing at us. And so we turn around and make our way back, and when we come back to the creek, it's waist deep and uh, freezing cold, right? I mean, the Bay of Fundy is never, ever warm. And so we had to climb upstream over these narrow branches and rocks and everything to to eventually get to a point where you could roll up your pants and get across the creek. What's that got to do with this morning? I'm not sure. But... uh, but Autumn learned not to follow her father into the deep. Uh, that's, that's one thing. Even though he's from Graham and Ann, and he should know better. Uh, so we're going to go deeper this morning. We're going to dig deeper into a, a very familiar text. And one that I've preached on many times. And we're going to look closer. And we're going to see Peter follow Jesus. And uh, this is, uh, this, the text that we're going to read is a key point of spiritual growth in Peter's life. And hopefully this morning, the goal is for all of us to hear the voice of Jesus inviting all of us to come closer and to go deeper in our faith with Him today. So it's Matthew chapter 14. Uh, Begin reading in verse 22. Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted... When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's, if it's really you, Jesus, if, if, it's really, if you're really here today, if you're really here in this place right now, tell me to come to you. Walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water toward Jesus. When he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted, and Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why? Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You Really are, the Son of God? They exclaimed. Now, you've had key, pivotal—did uh, pivot, I just say pivotal? Pivotal. You've had key, pivotal, uh, unforgettable, life-changing moments in your life that that forever changed you. You'd never be the same. Like being born—that was crazy. Remember that? <laughs> Learning to walk. First grade graduation, first job, learning how to drink coffee black, and and there might be other things in your life that, that when you look back on them now, you see how those things changed you. You they forever changed you. You'd never be the same again. Maybe they maybe they propelled you forward and 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 uh, have shaped who you are today. Maybe something that you that you learned from, and you would say now looking back that 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 particular. That, that pivotal thing was a key growth point uh, for you. I have lots of those things in my life. Uh, some of those things I look back on and I smile and I, I kind of get a warm fuzzy. Other things I look back on and they're just fuzzy. Uh, some things I look back on and they make me wince. Like you kind of cringe and like, oh, when you, when you think back on them. Even some of them I'd like to forget even though I know that they made me better, um, they were hard and painful and they still sting if I dwell on them too long. And We all have those things. That's, that's life. Now, in your spiritual life, from the moment you decide to believe in and follow Jesus, you have, uh, as Jesus calls it in John chapter 3, you have a new birth. You're, you're reborn. You're born again. And you begin this new life of spiritual development in the direction of jesus in your new life as a follower of jesus you're supposed to live in the direction of jesus you're being transformed all the time and god is is changing you he's working in your life all the time uh the way that paul explained this in romans chapter 12 paul said he said don't be conformed anymore Uh, To the world, like you used to be, Paul said, "Now that you're now that you're a believer, you're a follower of Jesus. Don't be conformed anymore, any longer to the the old patterns of the world, but be transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind." So it's this ongoing process where you you submit to the Holy Spirit, you surrender to the voice and will of God in your life. Jesus laid down His life for you; you lay down your life for Him. And you embark on this journey of lifelong spiritual formation. That's, that's the deal. In the same way that you can look back on your life and see some key growth points or turning points in your life, you should also have uh, times in your spiritual life where you clearly know that God did something special there. You, you took the leap or you... Uh, uh, you, you endured something, you broke through something, and, and, and that became uh, a point of spiritual growth for you. And you can look back and say, wow, this is my life before that, and then this happened, and, and look how I've grown, look how I've changed, look how I've, I've, I've become more like Jesus after that. Things that, that take you deeper. Um, baptism might be one of those things. We love doing baptisms here at this church. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, we would love to, to, uh, to lead you into baptism. And that can be one of those things where you're just like, wow, that was powerful. I'll never forget that. And, uh, and it propels you forward in your spiritual walk. Um, surrendering something, like just, just coming to a point where you, you release something. You let go of something with God. And you say, okay, that, that is yours. I'm no longer, uh, you know, holding on to that in my life. Breaking free from an addiction can, can be like that. Uh, healing could be like that. Uh, sharing your faith with someone, you know, as terrifying as that might be or exhilarating as that might be. And after you have a, a conversation with someone about Jesus, you just, you'll, you'll sit down and think, wow, like, like wow, <laughs> like, like, like that, wow, God, you gave me that opportunity. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, frankly, choosing to give can be like that. That can be a big step. Uh, choosing to tithe, choosing to, uh, to put God first in your finances can be like that. Now, if we could talk to Peter, and someday we will, I I think Peter might point back to the time when Jesus invited him to step out of the boat and onto the water. Uh, He'd probably point back and say, that was a key point in my life. That was a turning point. That propelled me forward. That changed me. That did something special in my life. It was a time when Peter saw Jesus clearly. He heard the invitation of Jesus. He accepted God's offer. He physically got in gear, and he trusted God with the impossible. I'm going to repeat that because that might be what you need to hear this morning. A time when Peter saw Jesus clearly. He heard the invitation of Jesus. He accepted God's offer. He physically got in gear, and he trusted God with the impossible. Okay, let's go back to let's go back to verse 22. Immediately after this, Jesus. Insisted, you know, underline bold, bold, insisted. That's a key word that his disciples get back into the boat, cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. If you've ever felt like God was asking you to do something that didn't make sense, welcome to following Jesus. If God has ever asked you to do something that you did not want to do, like the pastor ripping you out of your father's arms during a baby dedication. (laughs) If you've ever felt like God was asking you something that you did not want to do, they clearly did not want to get in the boat, then welcome to following Jesus. If God has to ask you more than once, and then he finally insists that you do this, welcome to following Jesus. This is normal. And this can be spiritual growth. And and from this text, we we learn that Jesus... He pretty much pushes these guys in the boat like you are getting in the boat right now. And they don't want to make the journey without him. They, they, they want Jesus to come with them, which is normal. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Other than Jesus has different plans. And he's like, no. You're going to go this way and I'm going to go this way. Jesus is intentionally putting them in a situation where they can't see him. They can't they can't feel His presence near. Now, God might put you in a season where He's, he's just not as close as He once was. And you're like, Jesus, hello? 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 Where you have to keep trusting, and you have to keep rowing, and you have, you have to hold on to your faith when you can't see His face. All right, verses 24 and 25. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. The boat starts rocking and the knees start knocking. That was an easy one. The boat starts rocking and the knees start knocking. Now, there's something important here in in terms of of uh, our spiritual growth, our spiritual formation that we need to see. Jesus comes to the group. There's a group of them in the boat. He comes to a a group collectively, and he comes to Peter specifically. You weren't created to do life alone. You were designed for community. You were created for community, to do life with others. You need people around you who can encourage you, who can pray for you, who can speak into your life. See, we don't, we don't want you to just slip into church on Sunday morning, stare at the back of someone else's head, a stranger's head, and, and then walk out of here again on Sunday morning without, without getting to know at least a handful or a small group of people. We'd love to get you connected. We want, we want to get to know you. I want to get to know you. And the church has to grow smaller as it grows Bigger at the same time. Otherwise, we're just a, a big room full of strangers, and, and uh, that's not good. So you need community, but you also need your own personal encounter, your personal experience with Jesus Christ, like, like Peter has. Okay, back to verse 25. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Now, they need an answer. God sends them an answer, and they want to send the answer back. <laughs> like, God, uh, uh, do you have anything else? <laughs> Can you send anybody else? They, 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 they don't recognize that it's Jesus, and they think that it's, it's a ghost. If God has ever answered your prayer in a way that you would not have chosen, welcome to following Jesus. If you've ever been a little scared to accept God's answer, or, or to accept what God is doing in your life, welcome to following Jesus. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Obviously, they're talking beavers, um, probably from Canada. Who said anything about safe? They're talking about Aslan. course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. It's a great quote. And what the disciples are learning is that following Jesus is an unpredictable adventure. Predictable would have been uh, Jesus getting in the boat with them in the first place, and the wind and the waves not not daring to... uh, you know, to, to, to storm up while Jesus, was, that, that'd be very predictable, right? Or predictable would have been Jesus rowing out, you know, okay, hang on guys, I'm coming to get you, right? Jesus rowing out in another boat, that would have been predictable, but also very, very boring. Following Jesus is full of the unexpected, the unexplainable, the, the miraculous. Uh, just a few days ago, Wednesday night, we had an amazing prayer meeting here Wednesday night. And Kevin and Roxanne Burdett shared their stories of God doing the the remarkable, the unexplainable, the the miraculous things in their lives. People in our own church that God has done incredible things in their lives. If God does something incredible and unpredictable in your life, don't treat him like a ghost. Don't treat him like a ghost. He's supernatural. Supernatural. And if you keep following him, if you keep following him, he will do things in your life that you cannot explain. And those things will be growth points for you. And and you'll point back to those things. And you'll you'll thank God. And you'll, you'll give him glory. And you'll say, look at what he's done in my life. So, storms are faith building tests that make you stronger. Storms are faith building tests that make you stronger. See the storms for what they are. Our, our first response to a storm is to shake our fists. I've never calmed a storm by shaking my fist. I don't know if you have or not. But that's our first response to a storm is to shake our fist. Um, if God doesn't answer the way that we want or the way that we expect, we, we complain about that as well. And, and God takes us deeper into the storm sometimes Because he he wants to do something greater, something deeper in our lives. He wants to make you more like Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus was heading into a storm that that same night. He knew a storm was coming, and so he spends the night in prayer. But he also cares for his friends, and he's teaching them how to endure. When you're in a storm, remember that God cares for you. And maybe he's teaching you how to endure, how to have a faith that you don't throw overboard every time the boat starts to rock. So let's, uh, let's redefine storms. Give, give you a little acronym here this morning. Let's redefine storms. What if we saw storms as something that only raises my spirit? What if, you, what if we just looked at them differently? Instead of seeing them as, as threats, instead of seeing them as uh, you know, things that are, are coming into our lives to, to, to hurt us and harm us, uh, what if we approach them as something that, that, that is only going to raise my spirit? God is going to be with me in this. God is going to help me endure this. God is going to teach me something out of this. Uh, God is going to, to make me more like Jesus in this storm. Okay, back to verse 26. Uh, God also might allow a storm to happen to you because of something he wants to do in you and in Through you. Verse 26: When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost. So a few minutes earlier, they were afraid of the storm. Now they're afraid of God's answer to the storm. They shift their fear. They go from the fear of being in a storm without Jesus to being in a storm with a ghost-looking, water-walking Jesus. Do you want to go through life without God? Or do you want to go through life with a God who sometimes might do things that are just unexplainable and and might, frankly, be a little hard at first to understand? They go from the fear of something natural, the storm, to the fear of the supernatural, which which is Jesus. Now, this is huge, and I'm going to say this in all capital Letters. I really want you to get this this morning. Don't let fear take your focus off of your faith. Don't let fear take your focus off of your faith. This is when the disciples... Well, if you're going to clap, I'm going to drink. Don't... Almost didn't make it. This is when the disciples look up and see Jesus. This is when Peter takes his first step out of the boat. When he takes his eyes off Jesus and starts to look around at his situation. And and his fear takes his focus off of his faith. Your situation, your situation is not your Savior. Don't get so focused on the things that are rocking your world that you can't see Jesus, who is the rock of your world, okay? When, when your focus is on your situation, your natural response is fear. But when your focus is on your Savior, your supernatural response is faith. And there's a huge, huge difference in that. So, I mean, yeah, you have an unfair advantage if you've got the Holy Spirit living inside you, if you're, if you're a believer, if you really believe what you believe, then, then when your focus is on your, if you just are focusing on all the things that are going on around you, your, your natural response is gonna be fear. But, but you don't have to do that. You've got Jesus Christ in you. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. If you can stay focused on who Christ is and, and what his promises are and, and what you believe God is doing in your life and you keep your focus on your Savior then your supernatural response, it, it won't be fear. It'll be faith. And people around you will say, how do you do that? And you'll say, Jesus. I might even say it like a preacher and say, Jesus. You know, you've, you've, you've got something. You're not, you're not fighting these things on your own. You're not in this storm on your own. You've, you've, got, you've got supernatural power in you and alongside you. You've got the, the hope of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's the difference in your life. Psalm 121, Psalm 121, the psalmist says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade The sun will not harm you by day, especially in New Brunswick. There's no chance of that. (laughs) Nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and you go both now and forever. Psalm 121. If you're going to follow Jesus, you have to choose where you're going to place the focus of your life. You can't follow without focus. If you're going to follow Jesus, you have to stay focused on Jesus. And you know that the second you walk out the doors of this this church this morning, that everything is against that. Everything is trying to pull your focus off of Jesus. Jesus. It, it takes, you, you've, got to, you've got to stay, stay focused on, on him. You'll get lost if you don't focus on Jesus. You'll get off course. You've got to set your sights on him. You can't focus on your fear. You have to focus on your faith. Verse 28, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Now, I think this is the critical point in Peter's spiritual formation. This is more than just getting out of a boat and defying the laws of buoyancy. He's going deeper, not because he starts to sink. I don't mean deeper like he's going to drown. He's going deeper because he's responding to the presence of Jesus. Lord, if it's really you, Jesus, if, if it's really you, Like, if you have just stepped into my darkest moment, if you have just stepped into this marriage or this relationship or this sickness or this financial problem or this addiction, if you just walked into the room on a cold Sunday morning at Moncton Wesleyan Church, if you just walked into the room, if it's really you, and if you're really standing beside me right now in this moment, Jesus, if it's really you, then take my hand. Take my hand and lead me into the deep and I'll step out of the boat and I'll follow you. Anything is possible when Jesus walks in. Anything. If you see him, if you hear him, trust him, listen to him, follow him. Don't stay in the boat when God wants you to float. This is, um, this is not the first time that Jesus has extended his hand to Peter and invited him to come. Uh, you saw this in Pastor Mike's message last week. Uh, back in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, come to me. It's, you see it several times in Scripture where Jesus invites them to, to come. But Peter's learning. I hope we're all learning. Peter's learning that God can be trusted. God might, he might stretch you, but he won't sink you. He might stretch you, but he won't sink you. If following Jesus and going deeper, it's a, it's a journey of, of hearing his invitation to come and follow him and go deeper. The first time you answer that call, that's salvation. That might happen to some who are here this morning. It happened to two people last Sunday right here in this church. Where they heard him and they answered the call to follow him. And the first time you do that, that's salvation. That's salvation. And from that point until heaven, it's just this continual process of Jesus saying, come. Come. in inviting us to trust Him. Come. Come closer. Come. Follow me. Follow me. It's not a, a one-time surrender. It's a daily surrender. And each, each time that you trust Him with your life, you grow. You stretch. You become more and more like Jesus. Peter's not a casual follower of of Jesus he's all in he wants to join Jesus in something something awesome he wants to tell bigger stories of what God has done in his life Uh, in verse 31 Jesus says to him you have so little faith why did you doubt me Uh, little faith and doubt me those two things get resolved after the resurrection after the resurrection they have great faith and little doubt They go from little faith in great doubt. If this is yes, bobblehead. They go from little faith in great doubt after the resurrection, they have great faith. And little it gets resolved. And it'll get resolved in your life if you have a resurrection moment with Jesus Christ as well. Those things will get resolved. And you can go from little faith and great doubt to great faith and little doubt. It's a process. Peter's being transformed, he's learning. He's, he's engaged in, in the spiritual formation. Verse 33, let's put that up, this last verse. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the Son of God. You remember earlier, Peter said, if you really are, right? Peter said, Jesus, if it's really you, and here the question is answered. And they say, wow, you, you really, you really are the Son of God. They see Him clearer than ever before. They've gone to a new level. The closer you get to Jesus, in obedience, in faith, through your storms, the clearer you see who He really is. Don't let fear take your focus off of your faith. Let's pray together. God, again, I just thank You so much for Your Word and how, Lord, we can look into such a familiar text to many of us, some of us, and see things, Lord, that we haven't seen and, and see you clearer than ever before. And God, I thank you that we have these examples of of trust and faith that speak to us this morning. And uh, they ring so true in our lives that that when God steps into our storm, anything is possible. If we were just if we would just see you and hear you and trust you and take your hand and, and be willing to follow you. God, I thank you for every person who's here this morning. And I know, Lord, that your presence is here right now. And some are maybe uh, uh, sensing your presence and seeing you for the very first time. Maybe they're, they're just crossing over from ghost Jesus to real Jesus right now. And other lords, others, Lord, have been uh, battling some stuff, dealing with some stuff, struggling with some stuff. And this needs to be a growth point for them today. A, a point where, where they, they, they push through, they break through. Uh, they know for sure, Lord, that you spoke to them, that you met them, that you're going to change something or you're going to bring them through something. And they'll look back on this day and say, that, that was a time when after that. I was never the same after that. I grew in my, in my journey with, with Christ. So Lord, be with us now as we, as we respond, not to a preacher, not to a band, as we respond to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.